Welcome back to Desert Island Dictator. Happy New Year. This week, my guest is the incredible Ola the Comedian. Uh, I'm really excited about it. I say I'm excited. I've already recorded the episode. I know it's good. It's an absolute banger. Um, Ola is one of my favourite comedians from the circuit, and uh, he is a really just a really interesting guy. He's a stand-up comedian, but he's also a very committed Christian, and he does a kind of a very philosophical style of stand-up, where he uh, uses comedy to explore quite a lot of thoughtful ideas. I think, and I think that really comes through in our conversation. I, I found it really interesting to talk to him, and I just. It, it, it yeah it was just a great chat um i think we we certainly touched on quite a few pretty controversial issues and i found myself agreeing with things that i think i, I hadn't honestly really thought about in that way before um and kind of li- listening back to to the tape um it's certainly I, I i don't know whether i necessarily agree with everything but i also know that i it really made me think about those things so um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great conversation. Now, just a reminder, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at, at DIDpod. Um, we also, uh, we also, we've just started an Instagram, uh, DIDpod as well. And um, if you enjoy the podcast, uh, please do like, please do subscribe, please do tell us about it. Things like that, they really help share it. It's, we're in early days and we're doing pretty well for listeners, but it'd be really great to get any shares, anything like that. that you know, you, if, you, if you like it, Tell a friend. Uh, anyway, without further ado, Ola the Comedian. dictator my guest this week is the fantastic Ola the comedian hi hey what's going on bro yeah good good you know thank you for allowing me onto your island uh, it's a pleasure <laughs> is it <laughs> I don't, I don't know how, <laughs> how welcoming are you to outsiders <laughs> it depends if they come with podcast equipment or not yeah fair enough you know you gotta you gotta <laughs> get your imports when you can of course I, um, so, Ola the Comedian, uh, you may be aware of from his podcast, uh, Sunday Sermon with Ola. Uh, he's a stand-up uh, who has been performing all over the country and the world um, until roughly March last year. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But hopefully again, you know, like we all... Hopefully. We would all like that. Um, do you have anything else? What, what else you got going on at the moment? Is that anything else you want to well, talk about? I mean, or? I can't wait to bring Sunday Service back. You know, Sunday Sermon was kind of born out of the fact that we couldn't do Sunday service anymore, which is a live show um, that's themed like a church service. Really fun. There's debate, there's stand-up, there's music, there's all sorts. So I, once that comes back, keep an eye out for Sunday service. Um, and yeah, just follow me on Instagram at Ola the Comedian. That's where I'm most active. And there's, you know, always something going on there, um, whether I'm making content for other people, working on stuff for other comedians, or, um, you know, doing the podcast or any other content for myself. So Instagram's probably the best place. Great. Um, I'm pretty, I've, I'll be honest, I'm quite excited to have you on. Uh, I've been a fan for a little while. I say fan, really? like I've never, ever made myself known. I just, you know. Never. Seen, <laughs> I've just seen you in, a, I've seen, just seen you in a number of shows and I've really enjoyed it. Um, I appreciate like, that. Been at gigs that I've been on, and also just like you know, I enjoy comedy, so I've seen you. I've seen you quite a few times um, at like up the creek and places like that. You know, doing, oh, dope. Um, but yeah, like, and I've really enjoyed. Like, uh, for people who don't know, Ola's got a pretty unique style of stand-up. I think he's got a, um, like I, 
I weirdly compare you to Norm Macdonald, even though you're nothing alike. But I think it's just that you kind of both have a like, where you both have a kind of a, a set, a, a type of a style where you kind of take an idea and then you kind of quite slowly but deliberately work your way through it until you've reached a, a pretty ludicrous conclusion. But you've like, it's kind, of, it's kind of like a maths. It's like show you're working it. Like it, it takes a yeah, long like and kind of. <laughs> roundabout way of getting there when you which i you know i've really i've really enjoyed i think it's quite a unique way of looking at stuff i've um, never had that that assessment of my stand-up before that's definitely a new one and and i like it i like it yeah well you know let's let's hope we can do stand-up again i think that's the <laughs> amen to that man <laughs> um but yeah outside of that um Ola has, uh, we've, we've talked a bit already, he's got a podcast, Sunday Sermon with Ola, which uh, if you if you want to listen to, I highly advise you check out. Um, it's, it, you know, it is, it, it came off his own nights, which is uh, Sunday service with Ola. So it is in the style of, I guess, in the style of a sermon of sorts, where you pick a particular issue or kind of, which is usually like a moral, even, even if it's like a little question or like a moral or philosophical thing and kind of talk through, but I feel even though, even though it's just kind of him, it is a sort it is kind of a discussion because I I, th- I think quite a lot of it comes off thing discussions you've had on like Instagram Live and things like that, right? So yeah, the way that I've structured it is that I um like so I'll, I'll live out my week. Something will cop, prop up that's been in my head or that I've had a conversation with somebody with, and I do a Sunday sermon on it. So I, I talk for you know thirty minutes, free form, just kind of getting it out there. Then that same evening, uh, there's an Instagram live discussion at eight p.m. Uh, discussing what I've said. So basically, you have a chance to listen to it during the day, and then um, have your own voice heard and and bring your own thoughts to the table uh, in the evening. So, you know, sometimes it's the, the stuff that I've been thinking about lends itself well to discussion because there's, like, there's a dilemma or there's a, you know, a juicy topic. And sometimes it's just more of a, a wider discussion, um, less debate, more discussion if it's, um, you know, something that's just a bit more, I don't know, ethereal or yeah. a bit more just sort of philosophical in nature it is if there's if there's just an element of like this would be a nice discussion to have those happen as well yeah but i think i think everyone's favorite are the the more the more juicy dilemma based <laughs> ones <laughs> it's nothing like any of the sermons i ever had like I, I attended a lot of church of england services which they have the like sleepiest fucking vicars on the planet <laughs> <They're just> like... <laughs> nah, man you know the thing is for me is that like you know, I, I, I use obviously a lot of church language and, and church yeah. imagery because I'm a Christian. Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, it, a lot of it is to do with presentation. And there's a lot that the church has to offer the world that just gets lost in um, in boring presentation. Yeah. And, and so, like, if I if I do a, a, a topic about, like, um, there was one called uh, Principal Principal. All right. So the idea was just about how um, I think it's very important that men set their own boundaries and, and kind of have their own principles um, rather than just kind of go with whatever anyone tells them to do or what a woman tells them to do, or what their wife says or whatever it is. It's very important that they stand for something like that's something that if you presented that, like with all the scriptures and blah, blah, blah it could be a sermon about being a principled individual. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just putting it out in a way that like most people are really to like engage with it. And, and I just find that that makes it way more interesting, you know, at least on an entertainment side. This is quite clearly for entertainment purposes. This is yeah. you know. <laughs> no sermon I've ever seen is for entertainment purposes. Like I <laughs> the words, like every now and again, I remember growing up, like every now and again, what would happen is like like you had a sort of octogenarian priest to a sort of talk. And then like every now and again, like he'd be ill or something and they'd have some like young, enthusiastic person, like straight from the seminary who comes in <laughs> and like, like two sentences in, they're just like full of passion and like the, and, like the joy of God is in their heart. And they're so, you know, they want to share it with you. And the entire, and the entire congregation is like, what, what is Why? happening? What is happening? <laughs> I'm having an, I'm doing a power nap. I don't, I don't need this <laughs> you know, a lot of it's really, it's, it's, it's really cultural though, man. It's really cultural because, you know, I didn't go to Church of England, obviously, but, you yeah. know, I've, I've been sort of Church of England adjacent just by the school that I went to. 
and um you know and then i'd go to our church which is you know predominantly nigerian and and if you go to any kind of Nigerian church, the chances are the worship's going to be way more charismatic. Mm. The whole energy of the service is way more upbeat. And so there was always like this huge dichotomy between like praying at home or praying at church and praying in school. It was always yeah. like so wild. And like even the language used as well, like everything was so um, flowery and, and everything at home and, and, and in church, you know, Nigerian church is way more forceful. Yeah. everyone's praying about like the devil like falling apart into the pit of flames and dying and how evil spirits can't uh won't be allowed to to manifest in your presence oh it's God. like you never <laughs> pray about that at school no one ever starts off the day at 9 a.m praying down demons like everyone's just kind of talking about lord let your peace and serenity guide us for today they 100 should have done that though like i'd have been a lot more really should have i think there'd be way less detentions if they did I, well, like, I remember when I was, when I was, when I was like 15, like a lot of teenagers, I got really into like, you know, like proper atheism, like rich, and basically, because you think you're smarter than everyone else. So I got like, I got like the God delusion, read it. I say read, I read like half of it. And then like, I was like, right, all you priests, idiots, like this is a, this is like, this is a church of England school. This is like an indoctrination center. I was like, yeah, like I was telling my mum, I was like, you've got to take me out of this, like this indoctrination. And mum was just like, you're an idiot. You sing like <laughs> colors of day, say the Lord. Like, if you don't want to be in it, don't be in it. Like that's, there's no, the, what's the priest going to do? Like nothing. Is There's no, like, anyway. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons I prefer being a comedian as well. At least everyone can, safely assume i'm joking if i say yes. something that might actually help them. <laughs> um, the thing is though Ola, that you've not actually been doing any of this stuff because three years ago you were marooned on a desert island oh yes how could i forget <laughs> you, took, <laughs> you took with you your favorite records and a couple of books and now fast forward three years you now rule the island with an iron fist hmm. By the way, how should I how should I address you, my my liege, my lord, my king? Like, what what was your title as ruler of this <laughs> island? <laughs> Do you know what Ola is fine? Just just Ola. Ola is fine. Yes. Ola means does Ola mean wealth in Nigerian something like that? In Yoruba, yeah, Yoruba, it does. Yeah. He did some research. Uh, or do you I, know some Nigerians? I you know I have met a Nigerian. He had like three Olas in his name, and I was like, that's pretty wealthy, man. Um, yeah, man, yeah. you've got triple wealth in there. You never bought rounds, so I, you know, <laughs> don't have wealth. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so j- just Ola, thank you for welcoming me to your island. Um, I'd like to ask you a few questions about it, if I may. Uh, I understand that you have made a number of changes to the society of this island, and you've instituted some rules. And have. If, if I may, what is your first rule? My first rule is that sex must be spoken of honorably, openly, and honestly. Oh. Yeah. Everyone's got to have very open, frank, honest, and honorable discussions around sex. Everyone. I feel like not doing this has created so much deviancy around the world when it comes to sex, because everything's so hidden. People deal with so much inside that by the time they ever get a chance to express it, it just comes out perverted, you know, like I just feel like we really need to get back to some some good old natured sex is good, but let's be respectful. Like let's just get down to those two basics. That is not what I expect. That is a very solid first rule. A lot of people yeah. uh, another guest who I will not name's first rule was no fat chips. So you're <laughs> already, already, already you've raised the tone of this podcast by such yeah, a degree I'm, that I'm, I'm pitching at a different level. <laughs> I'm pitching at a different level. <laughs> what, how no, but you... it, the thing is, like, we have to really be honest about this, right? Like, yeah. look at let's look at let's look at sex in our day to day society before I was uh, on this paradise I've created over here on this island. Yeah, like. Yeah. I'm somebody who has, and I've been very open about it, especially on the pod as well, had really like long, long, um, long lasting struggles with pornography. If you think about what it is really when you're watching porn, it's not healthy. It, it, like not in the, the way that like 
porn is provided to you. Like, mm-hmm. if you could type in an exact scenario and see a porn version of it, then clearly we're all trying to insert sex into our lives in the most inappropriate place. Like, literally, you can go outside right now and a Romanian woman can trip over your foot, land in a puddle, and her skirt can blow up. And you can go home and type in Romanian lady trips over black guy's foot, lands in puddle, her skirt blows up, and there's probably a porn video for it. Like, I'm, I'm like, we need to, we need to have a way more open and honest discussion around this because yo people are dealing with a lot did you so did you see recently that Pornhub the the biggest uh, I think easily the biggest aggregator of these videos had to delist a lot of its videos because it couldn't prove that people weren't being basically that they weren't rape videos and people in them weren't underage 100% yeah one of the like the the article the article that I read about that, which is, uh, I think, centered the story of some women who basically they'd either, they'd either part of being, um, been exploited enough to participate into a vid- in one of these videos when they were underage, or they had actually been raped and it had been put on the website. Um, and the, the stories that, it was honestly, I'm gonna say one of the worst things I've ever read. Um, grim. And grim. It was also like, I, I would never, t- I, I don't think I would ever say that I, I've struggled with it, but then, then when I actually read it and then I started thinking about the amount of times that I've just, you know, just I, like, you know, I'm a married man. Like I, even with that, the amount of times, you know, I've just, you know, you're alone in the house and I sort of, just, it's almost like automatic. You're just like, just cause mm-hmm. it's there, you just log in and you're like, that's not really. Wait, fun. you log in? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> you got like, the membership? You know, like check the comments, <laughs> see his reply to me. Just, oh, you watch this too. <laughs> Yeah, those comments underneath the videos, that's a whole, that's people dying to talk about sex, but all they can really say is like, what's her name? Oh, I'd love to do that to her or, you know, whatever it is. Like people are just trying desperately to express themselves sexually and they just don't have a healthy outlet for it. So on my island, we all speak about it openly and honestly. Yeah, or else. That's the... Or else. (laughs) The honourable and honest or else. That's the... (laughs) important yeah. thing i uh, no sex for you <laughs> i get you know what fair enough actually if that's the punishment yeah. honestly you could be fair enough like if you can be you can either do it correctly in a way that you know we all respect each other and are open about it or you just, just don't do it and that's yeah 100 percent. and you'd be you'd be surprised how respectful people get when no sex is the punishment <laughs> Uh, by the way, just a just a quickie, which I will edit out. Do you? How many rules do you have? Five. Just, five. Okay, great. Yeah. I'm just working out how to think about how to pace the podcast to have enough sure. time to discuss them all. Uh, sure. I think maybe we'll just. Do you want to just do rule two now? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, um, what is your? So, what's the second? What's the second rule? All genuine disagreements must be resolved by pillow fight, or a new. Uh, contact combat sport I've just invented called feather fencing. Basically, you have to fight it out with things that can't hurt each other. So you realize how ridiculous the aggression is and it has to dissipate. You can't remain angry throughout a pillow fight. And you can't remain angry whilst trying to joust with a feather. So as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> my, my society works well. Everyone resolves their problems fairly quickly. Definitely. There will be there'll there'll be like one psychopath who works out some shit like you can like shove like if you like shove a feather in someone's nose or some shit it can like really hurt you but yeah he's probably on the other side sharpening it like a shiv like he's in jail it's like it's true though if you never like you must have had like an argument with like your wife or someone and just be you just you're and then like they make you laugh and like it it's like the cloud just breaks and you like within seconds you're like what. Like, yeah what what was that because the argument was never about the thing you were arguing yeah. about anyway it's just some like rage for some like other shit that's happened that you've kind of like pent up for ages and you're like right no i'm gonna download my day onto you and they make you laugh and you're like oh mm. yeah i mean i, I have a, a oh. pretty good a pretty good uh memory of one of one such fight i used to live with um with another comedian uh nabil abdul rashid and uh, he was one on, on Britain's Got Talent, uh, got the golden buzzer and so on. So 
uh, he's quite clearly Islamic. And um, he, he had showed me this hilarious video of like a, a Muslim preacher basically warning you that um, when you are fasting, the, the devil's going to try and put like a lot of bad ideas in your head. And he referred to it as like shaitan, who they refer to as Satan. Shaitan is going to urinate in your ear. And so at some point, I, I think it was during Ramadan, we got into some kind of heated conversation, some kind of argument. And I was like, bro, but it's Ramadan. How are you going to let Shaitan urinate in your ear right now? And the way he burst out laughing, just dissipate the whole thing. And we realized that everything we, we could possibly have been arguing about was not that important. And so having that, I think having that humor in your back pocket and knowing how to, you know, make a, 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 t- a tense situation silly, I think is so powerful, man. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, I'm, all, I'm still laughing about the previous thing and I laughed over the profound point you raised. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, yeah, if all you take away from this is don't let shaitan urinate in your ear, then fine. Yeah. Take that away. That's going to be helpful. I cast away Satan. You will not Satan even. Satan's the uh, Satan's the vegan meat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> other than that, urinate in my ear. It's absolutely horrendous. Um, <laughs> but yes, humor must be resolved by pillow fights. Uh, arguments must be. Arguments must be uh, serious arguments, though, right? I think yes. it's serious arguments. So no, like Genuine minor discipline. argument. Yeah, minor yeah. argument let her play but a genuine kind of profound disagreement yeah are we allowed to gamble on these pillow fights <laughs> interesting interesting we haven't we haven't written any rules for that it's a gray market on this island at the moment <laughs> Just, i immediately came in with my like british geese like if they're going to be pillow fighting i want to put put someone on bet for it right give me a pony on that right <laughs> 100% man yeah we, it's a grey market right now we're, re, we're reassessing this and we may be writing some legislation soon yeah like ESPN just like signing it up getting the TV rights getting the, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a good way to win an argument is by pillow fight yeah and they say like uh, I mean I, they, they say that sport is just war uh, that, it's not though uh, so, like, that's one of the things that like people within sports say that like it's just like war for the modern age I'm like it's not like war is still there so you haven't i mean <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 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 um you know like what uh what tag rugby is to real rugby that's what yes. sport is to war yeah it's just yes. uh it's 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 a plastic version for you guys to to wear some fancy outfits and um hurt yourselves a little bit and then uh, and get paid yeah i mean i enjoy it i like you are are you are you a sports guy? I think I I think I'm a sports guy in the sense that I enjoy sports, but I'm not a sports guy like those guys who know all the stats and like have to do sports, sports, sports. Nah, like I'm I'll I'll check the scores, I'll watch a match, I'll, I'll get involved in the World Cup, you know, I'll um I'll watch some of the Olympics, but I'm not I'm not that it's not that deep for me. Yeah, so yeah, you profit. You're happy to profit from my uh, gambling ring based around your arguments, but you're not necessarily well, I mean, going to be. Do you do you know what it is? Usually, I would have just been like, no. But <laughs> recently, in terms of some of the work I've had to do in the in real world, I've had to like reconsider my position of gambling because the gambling industry is helping to feed my family during this pandemic. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Look, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You got to hit the streets. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> ain't no time for morals right now. There's a, it's a pandemic. There's a, there's a virus out there, man. Every man's got their code, you know. But like, there's always a point, right, where you're just like, there's a point, man. You have to reassess. It's my family, or, or if, if so, do you know what it is? Do you know? And this has been me getting very, very real and very, very honest with you on this, mm. on this podcast. I have two friends right around the time, like my job started like it's not i'm not directly in the gambling industry but the gambling industry is one of our main clients yeah right yeah and it's right around that time i like i realized a close friend of mine has a gambling addiction mm. and uh, and i i also have another close friend who had previously 
um, kind of revealed that he had a gambling addiction. And so I was like, That's, I've got two close friends with gambling addictions and I've got to like work with the gambling industry like it's just a regular industry. Mm. Oh, well, I guess that's what we need to do to pay the bills. Ah, <laughs> I just kind of rubbed my, my hands and kind of went along with it. It's tough because I'm usually somebody who's like really pure mm. in my morals, but I don't know. I don't know if God is kind of like taking me through this period to like get me off my own high horse or whether he's testing me and I'm failing miserably right now. I don't know which one it is. Well, I think that like, I think there's a point that there's a, there's kind of a famous internet cartoon that you, so, you know, when people say, oh, you know, I think that like, um, like maybe capitalism or something isn't great. And then someone will reply to them like, yeah, well, you typed that on an iPhone. How do you like that? And there's like a famous cartoon which people use to as a kind of reply, which is like a peasant from in a medieval city being like, oh, we should we should improve society somewhat. And this guy like pops out of the well and just like, and yet you participate in society. (laughs) (laughs) You can't like, I think at some level you do, whilst you do have to have a, a level of to know, try and know in your heart that what you're doing is in at least an attempt to be good. Mm. you still have to exist within a society which is not and so unless you 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 know unless unless you plan on being completely ascetic and just you know your children not being able to support themselves in within the society that we have you do have to make it and so it's very like and it it makes it very i think it's one of those things where it makes it very easy to charge people with hypocrisy because you know, if you work within the private sector in any way, you're going to be tainted. Like we say so in, in my own job. Yeah. We also work with the gambling sector sometimes. Yeah. And it's not always saying, oh, what you've done is bad. Cause that's not what, that's not how, how it works. Like you yeah. can't, you, that's yeah. just not how. Yeah, someone needs to make money out of this so that you yeah. can keep making money out of this. But even with all that, going back to your first your first rule about sex and relationships if you talk you touched a bit on the pornography side yeah. of things i don't see any part of the porn the and i i know i've been told by other people that it's not always like this but most i was saying so much of that industry is openly corrupt and openly essentially a, a net drain on everything else that i don't see that it's something that's really worth saving. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think you can yeah. bend it. It's hard. You can't like bend it into a way. I don't think you can really. It's hard when I when I hear people who who justify. It, I always find their justifications for it to be a, quite weak. Even though I've participated in it, like of course. <laughs> participated. Of even course. if I well participated as a voyeur, but not. You know? <laughs> <laughs> not as a, you, you didn't have the porn <laughs> podcast before this. I mean, it's a it, it's it's a weird one because with porn, it's. It's, um, I think when you, when you talk about stuff to do with sex, people attach so much of their identity towards it, their well-being, their happiness, their sense of fulfillment. Mm. A lot of it is attached to sex. So if you, if you criticize or say anything about the way in which they enjoy sex, um, mm. it feels like a personal attack. And I know yes. this because before, um, before I really started tr- like actually doing the work well, I've always like gone back and forth, but like the times where I've not been really doing the work to try and like get porn out of my life. Mm. If somebody would bring up porn, I would take it. I, I would have this very visceral reaction. Like, oh, why are these people always try to like stress me or why are they making this point? Or like, just let people enjoy what they want to enjoy or whatever it is. But it's like, it's when you have to, I guess, think a little wider, think outside of yourself, think about even the effect that it has on you um, you know, out more long term, all of these things are after that. There's no real argument for it other than I like it and it feels good. Yeah, right. Like yeah, which is th- which is the same as me opening up a revenge chamber where you get to torture people you don't like. Yeah, no, it's of <laughs> no benefit to society, but it's like it makes you feel good. Oh, well done. You know, it's not it's not something we can uphold. It is bleak what it does to people. I think like. I remember, I remember when I was like 21, like I lived with this guy and I remember like I was just sat next to him on the couch and like I looked over and I realized he was just like watching porn on his phone. Which Whoa, was- brother. Whoa. Like, <laughs> I've lived with some people, you know, right? But like, My goodness. 
and the thing is, like, we pulled him up on him and we just roasted him for days about it. Well, uh, to, I don't think yet. I don't think he's lived it down. But uh, it's what ten years later. We've not. He's never. It's never been lived down. But like, I think I don't. I almost feel like he probably wasn't even like weirdly. He was probably even like. I think he was honestly like semi-conscious. Like, yeah. we're all, like hungover. But it's so such a weird. It's it's acquired such a like weird habitual part of like young men's brains, especially now we all watch it from when we're like teenagers. Mm. I think he was probably just like half conscious, just like you know, like on his phone, just like scrolling away, and then just, yep. Mm. And then like he sort of came to when I was like, "Dude, fuck, are you doing?" And yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, to be honest, just before, just earlier today, funny enough, I just saw a funny video with this guy. Uh, it was three guys, and there's two of them in the living room. One of them's gone to the toilet, but he forgot his phone is still casting to the TV in the living room. And he starts a porn video while he's <laughs> while he's in the toilet, and his friends just go knock on the door like, "You okay? Like, what you want?" And the guy realizes, and obviously you can see on the TV when it just like goes back to the phone screen and stuff. And it's like, yeah, this thing has integrated itself into all areas. It's not all. It's not just in like cd places or like at night time it's like all the time now it's it's everywhere it's always accessible it's it's actually quite crazy how infiltrated porn is in our lives man and it's it's so much so that like even if you're not trying to watch porn porn can find you yeah you know so that's why that's why i write i, I rail against porn in the way that i do it's because I, i'm very honest about the 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 power that it has and i know firsthand also like the amount of information that websites like that glean from you so you're happy to tell like jeff bezos but about your like weird thoughts but you're not going to tell your girlfriend come on <laughs> that's crazy i didn't even i didn't even consider that man that's that's true i didn't even think about all the cookies and 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 so on but yeah man they've they've all got a profile on what you like sexually and you know I always have this feeling that one day I'm going to be about to do something really great, but someone's got my entire search history and they're going to come out with it like, oh, so you really thought you were about to win this Nobel Peace Prize, huh? <laughs> but it turns out turns you out. actually prefer violence because <laughs> this video of blah, 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 violently does blah, blah, blah to blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like, are you, uh, what's this, sir? Uh... Young vulnerable girl chokes on you. Just, just, just <laughs> <laughs> like, you're, you're there. There's like the whole theater as well, man. Like this is the best day of your life. Like, I know, you're right? There, your kids, your wife, like everyone there. <laughs> like I'll just put this on the screen. Like no. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a comic, fantastic comic called Tats and Konzo. He's from South Africa. He's huge. Uh, well, huge in in my eyes anyway. I think he's you know one of the best comics on the on the planet. And he has a joke about how the true mark of every man is his browser history. Like, you, you don't judge a man on what he's wearing. Don't judge a man on what he says. Don't judge a man on where he worships. Browser history. And every great person in history, recategorize them. Browser history. Nelson Mandela, browser history. Like, he just came out, did 27 years in jail. Can oh, you imagine he... what the browser history is like? Oh, my God. <laughs> Because he's so, like twenty, he would have been so bored, man. Like he, like yo, know, sure. Like there would be a bit of the stuff you want to see, you know, like leading intellectuals of the of the of the ANC and that that movement. <laughs> but like, he'd get in some dark points. I think <laughs> there'd be some dark points. I'm I'm sure some of the browser history is just like Google Maps. It's just him like checking stuff that's outside of South Africa. Like moving freely through the world, <laughs> um, but then yeah, man. Oh my goodness, some of that would be absolutely grim, absolutely grim. What is your third rule? Everyone must drink at least two liters of water a day. No, very practical. Uh, very, pr I, 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 I've gone through. There's some that are like emotional and kind of philosophical, and then I had to get at least one practical one in there. Do you, I? It, I think it's shocking how many of us walk around dehydrated on a normal basis? 
like most people, is it? So I, I, yep. I read that. I don't want to get too Joe Rogan with this podcast. Like, oh, man, did you read this fact? But I did read it somewhere. <laughs> like, I, it's like most people don't drink the right amount of water, which is like, yep. will take like years off your life uh, if you yeah. don't. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I suffer from gout. And my main trigger is dehydration. As long as I'm drinking my, my two liters every day, for those oh, of you yeah. listening, I'm, I'm, I'm shaking it into the microphone for you. As long as I drink my two liters a day, I'm usually fine. But it's the moment, you know, you start getting really dehydrated and I'm, you know, it's just, we just normalized it. And we, we think a lot of the time that we're hungry when actually we're thirsty, you know, um, mm. we're just used to having dry skin or just kind of feeling like, you know, a bit tired and lethargic. You don't know that most of the time it's because you're, you're dehydrated. Um, so yeah, on, on my island, everyone's well hydrated. I think people have better yeah. moods when they're hydrated as well. Don't it's very important on my island. Don't think you need a drink and then have a coffee as well, because that's my that's my like my issue. Like I'll be like, oh, just aren't there? Because basically, I do an office job right a lot of the time, yeah. or and like making the coffee is like a, I'm I'm one of those people who like right. You know, in an office, there's that one guy who's got like the like chemistry kit of coffee. Of course. Like, yeah. If you touch it, he will like he's like slipping Bunsen burner. Like, <laughs> get an email around like, now excuse me, I noticed that someone has moved my AeroPress. Like I am one hundred. <laughs> I am that. But what it is for me is it's like the ritual of making it more than the like gets me away. You know, it's something someone else yeah. to do. But like, there's a romance to it. Yeah, but it does not hydrate you in any way. If anything, it makes it worse. Like, you got to drink two liters, listeners. Drink two liters of water. You know, this podcast does do some good. There you go. Drink two liters. Yep. And if you do want something, add a little lemon to it um, or cucumber or whatever, you know, mint leaves if you want to. But like, yeah, don't don't just drink like hella really sweet squash and juice and, you know, light squash is not too bad. But yeah. yeah. Drink two liters of that, get scurvy. You're not allowed on the island. That's the... 100%. That's it. I'm not tolerating any dehydrated people. Dehydrated people are miserable people. Dehydrated people are grouchy. They, they, they Their pee stinks. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The bright orange tango leucozade pee that comes out when you're dehydrated. Nah, man. None of that on this island. None of that. Like if, you, if, if, you, if you want to get stressed out, have a pillow fight. Otherwise, drink your water. Yep. yep. Alright. Fourth rule. <laughs> Fourth rule, men and women have to learn about each other and celebrate their differences. It's one of my biggest pet peeves about the, the world outside my island is that there seems to be a lot of misunderstanding between men and women. And um, the whole concept of battle of the sexes to me is ridiculous. And, you know, I think it's very clear to me that men and women are made as complementary, mm. equal halves of a whole. Um, and I think when we start to see each other that way, like you must do on my island, um, then you now really unlock what I believe God's plan for this earth is. I think men need to sit down and like properly learn about women's bodies uh, and pr- learn about women's mm. emotions and worldviews and, and the way that, you know, they interact with the world. And I think women need to sit down and learn what men's emotions look like. Um, they need to listen to men and give men a safe place to talk. And I think, you know, women need to understand that men are going to be different and that doesn't make them wrong. It just makes them men. Yeah, and, women. <laughs> <laughs> and I think once people start going, do you know what? You're not like me, but that doesn't make you weird. I think you start celebrating the differences. Yeah. You know? I, I, think that's, I think, again, I, I have nothing to disagree with in this rule. I think it's good. Like, I'll say my one piece Ari women first, get that out of the way. And then when yeah. they've got angry at me, I'll get onto the guys. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think, because I think, I think it's definitely true. I think that there is definitely, like, because I think that, like, this is a real stereotype, but every now and again, sometimes I'm like, uh, you're like, you know what, man, you just got to listen to women, okay? And then I'm like, okay, well, you know, I will. I mean, I won't, but, you know, I'll. <laughs> I say I will. Uh, and then I'm like, yeah, but you know, you, you got to listen to like what men want. And they're like, we know what men want. I'm like, what do you, what do we want? And it's like, you're just disgusting and horrible and shit. I'm like, 
Yeah, that is that right? <laughs> hearing that is definitely not is on that, the list. <laughs> is, that, is that correct? Uh, <laughs> Do you know what it is? I feel like you know we. One of the things about men, and I think this is something that I touch quite a lot on the podcast. Um, you know, and this is not the entirety of the situation, yeah, but this yeah. is a big part of the situation, is that men have been so often misunderstood that we have a whole language and vocabulary for misunderstanding and dismissing men. Mm. Um, and uh, like an example of this is how often women refer to the male ego. They say, oh, that's just your ego talking. You know, there are a lot of legitimate feelings and emotions that men have. And then they're told that it's not a legitimate emotion. It's just a part of you that is egotistical, which is immediately negative. And so you you kill it and you go back to being emotionless. And then one day, you know, a woman needs you to be in touch with your emotions and she can't see how consistently telling you that your emotions are wrong mm. has led to you not being able to express them to her or not wanting to express them to her. And I think, you know, that small bit of understanding that, look, men feel things slightly differently from women. It's the same emotions, but they express differently and they, they manifest differently. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's enough to like solve a whole bunch of problems. You might actually start listening to the guy and say, why does he say this? Okay, why does he think that way? You know, okay, if he's horny all the time, why is he horny all the time? Rather than saying he has, his sex drive is wrong because it's higher than mine. Why don't I just understand that maybe there's something powerful in this. Maybe there is a reason why this man has a high sex drive and he wants to have sex all the time. Or maybe there's something I can learn, you know? And then men start to listen to women and go, why is it that she spends all this time catching up with her friends, shooting the breeze, right? Talking about their feelings, talking about what happened, talking about how they felt about it. Why do they do that? How? What can I learn from that? And then people start to go, do you know what? I don't have all the answers. You might have some of them. Mm. And surprise, surprise, my island is thriving. <laughs> also, circling back to the first one, a lot more honesty about sex and a lot more sex, I imagine, as a result. <laughs> 100%. Everyone's banging on my island. Oh, yeah. My <laughs> island, you can't stop banging. <laughs> I you feel can't. like you can't stop banging. That is going to be the title of the episode. Um, <laughs> my island you can't stop banging the, uh... i mean i know you said that like everything you know you can have a pawn for everything but i noticed that this is uh you gotta hydrate do pillow fights and you can't stop banging it's a real <laughs> uh yeah it's a real pornographic <laughs> I, uh, I feel like to, i feel like a lot of the time in in the defense of women is that men are very bad at explaining how they feel as well, which I think we do kind of how we to ourselves. Like, it's just like, I don't really know, you know, like, and I think we kind of condition ourselves to not, it, it's a real stereotype about talking about our feelings, but I think that it's just that we don't always know fully how to express why, like I, so I, I, during the pandemic, I started uh, going to therapy um mm, me too because, uh, i imagine well, b- before the before the pandemic but it's kind of led into the pandemic yeah but yeah I, uh, those got i mean they've been raking it in i imagine the therapists mine is, oh, this, is this is their time to shine but like sometimes i was talking I, i'd be talking to her and i'd be like well i was like oh right yeah no it wasn't actually necessarily great that i just got angry for no reason about once a fortnight just be like that. Ah, ah. Oh, and then then yeah. I sort of just put it aside and be like, oh, well, that's that time done. I can just get yeah. my week now. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> you're just go. you're just menstruating. Menstruating. Yeah. So I, I feel like we're not necessarily, as a gender, amazing at ex- uh, either uh, uh, explaining what we feel and also asking for what we want. I think. Like yeah. some people are great at it, but I don't think we're that good at it, which I think so. And I don't think we're that good. At, I think we're good at say at saying the right things, as in like saying that we're listening to you know what our wives want or girlfriends want or anything like that. But I don't think we're that good at, ex- at listening to women. Certainly not women as a gender, and not just the ones we would like to sleep with. Like I, I think that's a 
Yeah, and and, and to be honest, I think you know whenever I'm making the point about understanding men, you know, I I, I it's a societal issue, not um, just women. It's not just women that don't understand men, but other men don't understand men because they've never understood themselves and they were misunderstood, and so they continue it on. So I feel like you know, there's every single time you're like someone's not really good at saying what they want. They tried it one time and mm. they had such an adverse reaction that they were like, this is just not worth it. And so they've never developed and worked on that skill of being articulate about what they want or how they feel. So the first time a guy was like, look, I'm really hurt. <laughs> Even whether his guys were like, what did you just say? And then roast him like you did with your guy that was watching porn. <laughs> Which you probably sent him into a shame spiral now. Now he watches like getting caught porn. He watches like (laughs) friend friend watches porn with friends and gets caught. (laughs) He's gone meta. Like he's gone like Inception on the porn now. But anyway. Dan Holland's community of porn. (laughs) (laughs) But with the... um, with with the with the way you get roasted as a guy for speaking about something emotional, or you say it to a woman and she basically flips it on you and turns it about her, like how could you say that? That makes me feel blah blah blah. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was telling you I was her. I didn't realize, you know, me saying that I'm hurt or disappointed or angry or whatever it is was now gonna make you upset. I'd rather not do this. And then he cut out that version of events just creates a whole society that's why i said we have a whole vocabulary for this so it's it's something we kind of it's like we we can see how it's not working but we can't see the root of it it's like we 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 repeat the same things over and over again um it's not just as simple as telling boys that boys don't cry it's Mm. simple It's, it's like if a man is disappointed how can he express his disappointment in a way that a woman doesn't feel like it's a personal attack and, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily need lead to, you know, a big old fight or whatever it is. How can he express disappointment? And, and the reason why men obviously then do this to women is because when women now are expressing how they feel, men are so detached from it that they're like, this means nothing to me. But I know that, you know, the behavior dictates that I need to pretend I'm listening or I need to give them the validation of listening. Mm. But I, I, I just don't register with this. I don't, why can't you just suck it up the way that I have to suck it up? You know what I'm saying? Like, why, what do you mean that you, you're, you're disappointed I, I didn't wash the dishes? Like, move on, you know? And because there's no way that a guy can come in and say, I'm disappointed you didn't wash the dishes without it being a whole thing. And so it's like, you can't have it both ways. You can't, you can't tell men that they're not allowed to show disappointment, but expect them to understand what disappointment feels like um, in somebody else when they're, being, when they're expressing it. There's that, uh, there's that Stuart Lee joke, isn't there? That's just like, oh, women, eh? Women, eh? Why'd you take so long to get ready? If only we could ask them. Yeah, which is just like the premise <laughs> of all those like crap stand-up stuff about like, why yeah. does my wife do this? It's like, just, just ask her and you probably find out. <laughs> yeah man we de- there definitely needs to be a whole new we need a whole new time of truth and record speaking of south africa we hold a, we need a whole new truth and reconciliation committee to like sort it out between men and women man i'm i'll look forward to that I'll, i won't i won't participate but i'll wait to hear on the news you know just like the truth and reconciliation have sorted it out it's all cool between us now yeah, just send out the SMS alert or whatever it is. Yeah. What's the new rules? You can get Boris Johnson to come out and do it like it's the, the latest tears update. <laughs> like Chris, Chris Whitty on one side, like Pretty Patel on the other. Like, yeah. Yeah. Sort it out, you know? Yeah. Um, we've got one more rule. One more rule. I mean, I don't know, I was kind of hesitant about leaving this to last, but this is my most philosophical one. But, um, yeah, I guess it, it leaves it on a more poignant note than, than funny. But um, on my island, our economy runs on the death of self-interest. Okay. So my, my perception of the world is that every economic uh, system that has been tried, be it capitalism, communism, socialism whatever it is, free market capitalism, you know, whatever it is, they all fail because essentially at the root of it, human beings 
put themselves first. So yeah. when you, you know, go for capitalism, then it's like profits over people because your profits mean more than someone else's well-being. If you do communism, people get very frustrated because it's like, why am I doing the same amount of work as somebody or doing more work than somebody else? And we're all getting the same thing. Mm. And why should I, you know, put extra work in and do seven years of studying to be a, a doctor if I'm going to end up with the same lifestyle as somebody who partied and just went to work in a supermarket? So, um, so, that, so then that doesn't work either. And socialism, people go in, you know, I've worked so hard. Why are you now redistributing my wealth or in any way propping up these people who don't deserve it as much? You know, that doesn't even incentivize them to work. So all of it is based on self-interest. I think the only way we could do it is to get radical. And the radical move is you want is where you have to make someone else's life better. That's your whole point of why you work. You work to make someone else's life better. And that creates interdependence, yes. But it also means that it's like, have you ever seen that illustration about like hell is this long banquet table? Yes, and everyone feeds themselves. And, yeah. yeah, everyone feeds themselves, but they can't get the food because the spoon's too long and it's attached to their hands or yeah. whatever it is. But then heaven's the same table, but everyone's feeding each other. Yes. Like if, you, if all of your money went to making sure that someone else lived a good life and your livelihood depended on someone else doing that for you, I think you'd create the kind of paradise I have on my island. Ola, thanks very much. Uh, <laughs> Pleasure. Uh, that was that was that was really. That was Desert Island Dictator featuring Ola the comedian. Um, if you enjoyed if you enjoyed our conversation, please do like, please do subscribe, please do share. Thanks so much for listening. Now, next week, uh, we have a really uh, kind of a bit of a different conversation. Uh, we're talking to a journalist um, and th- brought kind of a different energy to the podcast. And it's something I'm really looking to explore a lot more, you know, talking to journalists, academics. Um, if you listen and you consider you might want to be on the podcast and you are that from that kind of background, you've got something interesting maybe you want to say or talk about, then, you know, just DM me, get in touch and we'll get you on. So thanks for listening. Uh, please do like, please do subscribe, etc., etc., and um, see you next week. <laughs>